tell you for real? That was it, bud. Yeah, we're going that, to, that, the, to, to the devil's. Right uh, well, I got I got a message for the devil because uh, I don't appreciate his tone. If I want to look sexy as the crow, I think I could do that. And so, <laughs> so devil. You think I'm afraid? You think I'm afraid? As, as long as not. you're wearing a nice sleeveless uh, That's corset right. shirt. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, man. Yeah, you gotta work out hard to show off the, you know. Show off the maps, man. Get, okay, get the 90s was all, the way, all, all about the man mid-drift. That's right. I could dig it. It needs to come back. Let's get some more manly mid-drift in there. I wouldn't be afraid of anything if I dressed like that. The I problem wouldn't. is I am afraid. So I can't. You're like, like seven that. feet tall. What are you afraid of? The crow? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be afraid of the crow, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All your nightmares rolled into one. Exactly. Hey, <laughs> that, that hey, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? It definitely does. Oh, that's shit. our. Uh, that, that's the one last part. Sound up of the the season two intro song. Yep. You know, I do find it interesting that the crow. Ben is my power. 
I never thought of pain being your superpower. Like you go down the list, like I've got heat vision, I've got X-ray vision, <laughs> you know, and you got one to I can fly and and all this kind of shit. And you go to the crow and like, what's your power? And it's just this goth dude with white face makeup. He's like, pain is my power. It's like, oh man. <laughs> sounds like every creepy dude at a sex club. Actually, <laughs> I'll take your word for it. It's really sad. It is. It's just. It's just the one depressed dude who's in the corner, like pain is my power. <laughs> that actually sounds like me in high school. It's hey, the BDSM version of uh, the guy that says "milady" and wears a you know one of those. Uh, oh, this movie was all about BDSM. Like it's just that was the backdrop. <laughs> that was the setting of this movie was BDSM. <laughs> yeah, a f- fun fact: the uh, the guy who directed it, he's never directed a movie before, but he only did music videos, and you mm. can tell. Yeah, I'm surprised. <laughs> Not surprised. It makes a lot of sense. So um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, actually introduce everybody and get us started. This is Movie So Bad They're Good. Thank you all for clicking the button there and deciding to listen to us talk about The Crow and all his wonderfulness. Ah! The Crow. Ah! Exactly. (laughs) And, uh, of course, it's me, Seth, and I'll be having with me Mr. Ian. Ah! Hey, hey. That's right, buddy. And I also have Ryan. What's up? Does the corpse have a familiar face? Definitely does. And uh, Ryan, why don't you introduce our special guest? Well, who the fuck are you? <laughs> well, I'm going to go ahead and let her introduce herself. There you go. Uh, I'm Dallas, and I absolutely love this movie. <laughs> oh, for sure. In fact, we had you on a few episodes back, I think, on, um, what was it? The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, right? No, no. no Three from Hell. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we House, had House of a Thousand Corpses. That's what it was. House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, you can also hear her on Losing Lives for Grandma's Boy. That's right. You did join us for that one, too. That's right. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Well, you know what? I got a name for you. That's why they call me the Mistress of Pain. You could be the Mistress of Pain. There you go. Actually, my playa name is uh, the High Priestess of Pain. There you go. Okay. Well, you're right in suit. I'm not feeling that. Um. Yeah, this is a movie, man. I'll tell you that. This it is a movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah. So. Yeah. This. This isn't the crow. You called it the crow earlier. It's actually the crow two. City, City of Angels. Well, I thought they, the point was not to do. It was just the crow City of Angels. Did they? Is there actually the two yeah. part of it? Yeah. It's, this is a sequel. Okay. Well, it, I know it it's a, a sequel. It is a sequel. It's not called The Crow 2. It's just called The Crow City of Angels. Uh, yeah. Parentheses, uh, not to be confused with City of Angels starring Nicolas Cage and Meg Ryan. Oh, yeah, don't confuse it with that. Um, yeah, yeah, I know that video uh, you I, sent me. Actually, you sent me that YouTube clip, like a 14-minute clip of the guy who was talking about how the Harvey Weinsteins kind of fucked this movie from what it was supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, I was going to get to that. Yeah, and uh, one of the things they mentioned on there was the fact that they didn't want to do like a like an actual sequel with uh, using the characters from the first movie, because after Brandon Lee died, tragically, filming the first Crow movie, uh, they they were trying to honor that and respect that. So they didn't just want to get some different actor to portray that same character. They tried to do it different. So that's why they went to, I think the first one they said they was in Detroit. So in this one, they went to Los Angeles. 
And it was like some kind of post-apocalyptic version of Los Angeles, or maybe it's the real version. Yeah, I don't know. Like no been there. So, or anything. Yeah, yeah, no, it's pretty crazy. It's all drug run, you know. So I mean, um, they they did that, and it was all in an effort to kind of keep an identity away from the first one because they wanted to respect, you know. Apparently, like you know, I never really realized how big the first Crow movie actually was back in the '90s to people. Like, the, I mean, a fifty like, million dollar movie when I was in high school. Yeah, I mean, I was a goth kid, so like the vast majority yeah. of my adolescence and sexual awakening was, you know, perpetuated by these movies in particular. Mm. You know, like everybody dated a guy that called himself Ash and wore a trench coat everywhere when we were thirteen. <laughs> Really? So the second Crow movie had a big effect on that kind of scene back in the day? Is what you're Oh, absolutely. Me? Especially okay, okay. because, like, the soundtrack was really integral to, like, you know, teen pop culture. Mm, mm. Um, yeah, I could tell that. I could see what you're saying on that one. Yeah, I mean, Deftones is in this movie. And, like, yeah. I personally, like, I saw Deftones for the first time when I was 14. And, like, 20 years later, I've seen them five times now. Like, they're just amazing. So... I mean, I honestly, like, rewatching this movie, I didn't realize <laughs> what garbage it actually was. Like, it was so amazing yeah. in the 90s. In the 90s, it was just like, oh, my God, yeah, that, that movie's the best. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, this is a movie of shitty one-liners. Yeah. And, yeah, like, there's a lot. finding out that the guy who directed music videos makes a whole lot of sense now. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it didn't just look like that. It looked like everybody that was involved in this movie to do this movie uh, was asked, hey, have you ever seen The Crow? And everybody responded the same. Yeah, I saw it one time when it came out in theaters, and I don't remember it much. Well, okay, <laughs> let's just use what you can remember. Speak, speaking of uh, shitty one-liners, like you were saying, like this probably is the best one. Do you know how to fight? Do you know how to die? Just the, the... Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. Yes. I remember hearing yeah. that and thinking, "Oh, I remember people saying that after that movie too." Like, uh, do you know how to die? It's so dramatic, but it's yeah. so just cheesy. Yeah, yeah. No, but it, it, it's funny the way, like, if you listen to the tone. Do you know how to fight? Do you know how to die? Like, it's so serious and like <laughs> it's said with a heavy voice, but it, but when you hear the words, it's like. Oh, that's the worst comeback ever. <laughs> it, it really is. <laughs> yeah, I was watching this with uh, with my girlfriend last night. For some reason, she thought it would be a good idea to watch it with me, and um, and so we were, we were watching. We decided to do a double feature: the Crow and the Crow Two. <laughs> probably the worst double feature ever. Yeah, because yeah. the Crow uh, is actually a good movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I'll so think of my every time y'all say the crow, <laughs> I'm gonna do a bird noise. <laughs> it's just gonna happen. <laughs> you mean that every time you we say the crow? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> the crow. Ah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, when, when we were sitting out watching this movie, we were trying to figure out. Like, what dialect was, was he doing? Yeah, like, I, I never realized that he had an accent ever in watching this movie before until the other night when we rewatched it. And I was like, wait a minute. He starts off with a thick accent and then, like, yeah, he, he, kind he, of he does a Twitter thing with his son in the flashback. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and it's weird how he's trying to pronounce certain words, and it's like a loss in translation. Hmm. And it's it, it just came off really weird, and you know, you're kind of in the scene of uh, the violence that's about to happen, and then right as he opens his mouth, and you're like, oh, that doesn't add up. <laughs> I find it interesting, and I guess it shows just how different, uh, I guess, where you live at matters. Because, like, um, y'all are saying how The Crow and The Crow 2 were such influential movies in the time where you were at school and stuff. And, um, yeah, for me, I mean, I grew up kind of in a really hood school. So, yeah, nobody was talking about The Crow where I grew up. Like I, I was actually I, wondering, have you seen The Crow before? I have. I've seen the first one, but I've seen it, like, later <laughs> as I, you know, got more into comics and got more into <laughs> stuff like that. I forgot yeah. how I came across the first Crow movie, and um, I, I just kind of sat down and watched it. I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Like, you know, I didn't hate it. It was it was pretty good, but it it it, it, it yeah. wasn't like... It had a good director. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. For like for it me, it did uh, very well. Because like, yeah, Ryan, you grew up around the same area I did in the yeah. you know West and Bank area. No, nobody saw the crow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Every, everybody, nobody saw the crow. And um, at first, I didn't hear about the crow until I went. I used to go to a comic shop uh, in our area, and it, it just so happened that the uh, the comic book store lady there was handing out these little pamphlets uh as a tribute to brandon lee who had just passed away mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and i'm like oh what's the crow and it's already introduced that oh this movie he was shooting and he died during the filming of it mm-hmm. and to honor him you should watch this movie mm-hmm. I'm, and i'm like oh that's what you say to uh, a seven-year-old that's right cool so i mean what else are you gonna do with your life fucking and, honor him ryan and of course, word just got around about how Brandon Lee, being the son of Bruce Lee, has died yeah. making this movie as just just in the same fashion that his uh, his father had died, mm. where he was trying to make a movie and he died without finishing it. Yeah. So Brandon Lee suffered the same fate. So yeah. of, of course, it's like, all right, I definitely have to see this movie because being young, everybody thinks that we're going to see Brandon Lee die on film. And then there was the urban legend slash rumor that went around that, you know, they kept that scene and that he was actually dying in that scene in the movie. And, you know, that's something that you can easily debunk on the internet nowadays, but you couldn't do that back then. So it just, like, the original movie kind of had more of, like, a creepy appeal to it because you actually thought that you were seeing the end of Brandon Lee in that scene. It's kind of like The Exorcist in a way, too, because after The Exorcist was filmed, there was a lot of, like, backstory about... You know, things happening to people who are involved with the movie. I remember hearing stuff about that movie from, like, The Exorcist from the 70s. Like, especially I grew up in a lot of really uh, hardcore Christian circles. And I knew a family that was, like, I mentioned something about The Exorcist or whatnot. And they would tell me all these, like, stories of, like, people dying and things like that. And it was kind of strange. And I'm not, I don't know if any of it's true. And I never really looked into it, it is. The it Exorcist. Is. The, but For The Exorcist in particular, like, they tapped into some dark shit. If, yeah. If you really want to know more about that uh if you have the shutter app there is a thing called cursed films Mm. and uh it has poltergeist the exorcist the crow and it's got like uh, a bunch of other movies that talk about like weird shit happening on set Hmm. that's interesting but i'd say the crow uh, where me and ryan grew up uh could i say safely ryan that most of the people 
around at least I know most people I knew around the way would say that's some white boy nonsense. Is that fair? Because <laughs> that's why yeah. it never came up on my radar. You know, like I, I'm just making a point. I'm just joking with it, but uh, that's kind of what it was um, seen as. So like, it just never got to me till later. And oh, so, oh, no, no, absolutely no. Uh, I, I I'm not going to dispel it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's true because in my neighborhood. Unless you knew who Bruce Lee was, yeah. to know who Brandon Lee was, you really knew nothing about the. And if he didn't actually die tragically making this film, mm. it, this movie would have never really been heard of. Do you think The Crow would have actually reached this cult status that it did without Brandon Lee dying? That's a good point. That's a, that's a good question. I try. I tried uh, making that point before, mm. and I, and I honestly think not really. Yeah. Other than the fact that he is the son of legendary Bruce Lee. Yeah. I mean, it would have been. I, I'm I'm gonna have to disagree with you guys just for the fact that for the majority of like goth kids, they were looking for something dark anyway. So I think it would have a smaller cult following. I don't think it would have been quite as successful, but I definitely think that like there would have been a legacy for it even without Brandon Lee dying, mm. just because of like the darkness that it taps into and yeah, like, the I really surge loved of the goth was, kids in the 90s. Like, when I was like 16 and 17, I, I really loved it. and I didn't even care who uh, Bruce or Brandon Lee were at the time. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I don't know either way. Uh, I really don't have an opinion on the matter. I was just curious what y'all feedback was because definitely it sounds like Dallas, for you in particular, and, and even um, Ian, y'all seem to have some background with this move, with the first movie and maybe with some yeah. of the second movie. Well, actually, you know what's interesting is I saw the second one first. What? I've heard of The First Crow. I actually saw another movie by this by the director of The Crow called uh, Dark City. And I've always wanted to see The Crow, but then I saw The Crow City of Angels on TV one day, and that's my my introduction to the to the whole thing. Interesting. For me, like my older brother took his girlfriend out on a date to see that movie, and I really wanted to go see it because it looked cool from the preview. And so, like, I waited until I was old enough to, like, sneak around and watch it. And then it became a big thing because that was, like, you know, the beginning of the goth era. But I think that if you didn't tap into that goth era, it wasn't a movie that you noticed. But it's one of those things, like, you know, nowadays you don't go into Blockbuster and pick a movie based on whether or not it's in the same section as a movie that you like or whether or not, like, the blurb on the back makes it look cool. Like, you get hyped up because of the internet and stuff like that. And back then, like, if I walked in and that was next to the craft, I was going to get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see that. Also, the cover, too. I, I do actually remember seeing the marketing material uh, for this movie when uh, when the first one. Not not, City, not the one we're covering, but the first one when it, when it hit. I remember seeing images of a dude in the white face paint and stuff. And I remember being interested. Like, that looks interesting. That looks okay. Like, it was just different. It was kind of weird. And, but like I just never I was pretty young probably because it came out in mid nineties right and um it, uh ni- ninety four ninety four so I was like uh, um, seven I, I, that was well, after they, six, they handed me, like the little um, paper about him dying I had my mom actually rent it on VHS and and it's funny because in the beginning it says stay tuned for additional footage and my mom was like oh man they're gonna show him die oh my god yeah. did they. 
No. Okay. It was not. just it was just behind the scenes of uh, Brandon Lee like playing on yeah. a Game Boy. Yeah. Or having fun. <laughs> <laughs> like, like no way he's gonna die during this film. <laughs> <laughs> just makes it worse when you know he does. And then, and then I found out it was a comic. It was a comic yeah, book. Yeah, it's a comic so, verse. So Have you read the comic? Actually, huh? Have you read the comic? I have the comic. Okay, cool. Okay. All right. uh, not only do I have the uh, the trade, I have the tra- I let you borrow it. I uh, I had the trade to it, so my mom got me the trade. I don't think and, you gave uh, me the trade to the years, crow. Years later, uh, Todd McFarlane picked up the crow and started writing for it. Okay. Okay. And then James O'Barr picked it up again. So. I, so I I was really into the first crow and then and then when this movie was released MTV market the fuck out of it mm. it was all over MTV it was all over the news that they were doing a new crow and all this was happening and MTV was playing the shit out of all the music videos the, all two of them yeah that's it. That's right. Two or three, yeah. and it's it's like news on the when the crow's coming out, and the next day it's just like the crow's coming soon, and new leading man, and it's like oh, and I was so hyped and excited for it uh, when it came out on VHS, and ju- and just as uh as my partner has said, I was super excited for this fucking film, mm. and I couldn't wait, and I loved it when when it came out. Uh, as of a couple of days ago, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> I was surprised you know, to see some of the some of the names and things evolve. Like when I saw, I think it was written by David S. Goyer. I was kind of surprised by that name uh, to be attached to it. Uh, you know, it's it. Um, we're we're definitely dodging around this movie, but I, I kind of do want to address a few points before we get into it. And one of the things I want to address with it especially after looking at that youtube video you sent me about what this movie was supposed to be compared to what it actually is yeah um you said you watched the fan edited version which was they got as i guess as much of the un like the cut footage and was able to put it in and tried to make like the the version that it was supposed to be right is that what that was supposed to be that's what a fan edit is supposed to be yeah yeah (laughs) so you know, no, you don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, all right, anybody, tell me, what is a fan edit, an extended fan edit supposed to be? Uh, fuck if I know, man. I haven't watched any extended fan edits. I would assume, though, they're getting whatever, like... Usually, uh, deleted scenes... That are cut, spliced um, into the movie? And their yeah, appropriate well, parts. There, there, there were a couple edited, deleted scenes that were put in, but they were only like three seconds long, mm. and completely pointless. And you know, different, different lighting, different everything. Mm. And it, it really cut out from like the the rhythm of the film. And then, but most of it was just they they just took like a still shot. And then put in words from the script. Uh, yeah, well, they didn't have any of the acting, so they had to kind of do it. Yeah, <clears throat> it was just like, so it goes from them acting to you reading. Mm. And it's just, and uh, the first half wasn't too bad, but it was really annoying and confusing. And um, it, it, was, it was just like, yeah, it, 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 it was uh, really like, distracting 
But then the second half, especially the end, is just like, oh my god, I don't care. Oh, yeah. It was just awful. It was just so much reading. It's just like, yeah. So that's, it, that's, that's very off-putting. I'm sorry. It's very off-putting to where a movie that I kind of just want to end. You're gonna attack on exactly for me and then, to do. Yeah, and and it was. Uh, all right, here's an example of how how terrible it was. So pretty much, um, according to that video I sent you. So for anybody listening, I found a video. It's on YouTube about how. Uh, so some kid, I guess, found found a bunch of deleted footage. He he found uh the script and added things in that were deleted, but none other but the fucking piece of shit Harvey Weinstein. And um, well, Harvey Weinstein realized that these parts didn't uh fit in the film. So what what this kid did was added them back to it. So it showed. Um, when Ash pretty much comes back and Sarah, the little girl from the first film, she puts the face paint on him and then she's like, you've come back to, you know, pretty much all she says, I think in the regular films is you come back and then it shows stop freeze frame and then it shows the text. You've come back to write what was wrong or some shit. And then it shows a picture, like a painting of uh, just a painting on the wall that I guess she did. And then the, from the original script, it said that he looks at it and says, oh, it looks like you. And it's just like some weird, at that point, like my, my girlfriend yelled out, what, is this a fucking love story bullshit? <laughs> And then it was like very forced love story bullshit. That's exactly what it was. And then well, it cuts that out. It went back to the film where they're talking about uh, of how he came back to do revenge. So it was completely pointless. I hate to say it, but I'm going to have to side with Harvey Weinstein on this one. Is that that was complete fucking total bullshit, and it does not need to be in the film. I don't. I don't. I would like to read the script. For, for myself as well I feel what you're saying Because um, I know apparently The original writers According to what Was said on that uh, The YouTube clip That was kind of digging into The extra shit That was supposed to be They were trying to do More of a love story Because uh, honestly Sarah has no point purpose In my opinion In this movie at all She could have been cut Completely out of it At least the one that I saw And you could have easily yeah. Wrote around her Fairly simply <clears throat> I but, think they only yeah. did that because she was the little girl from the first movie. Yeah. And that's like the only semblance of connection. Mm-hmm. So she, she just um, – so after the events of the first movie, she leaves Detroit, goes to L.A., and then there's another crow. How, like how convenient is that? It, it, it's weird we say it's another crow, but yet when that crow shows up, they both look at each other like, oh, yeah, it's been a while. What's mm-hmm. up? <laughs> well, doesn't and she still has the same cat from the first movie? Well, isn't it too that she has a bigger role in actually save, or like getting him out of the water? Like he's dead, he's been dead, but she, it's not just him, like majestically. No, he, he gets himself out of the water, and okay. she like takes him to her warehouse apartment. I thought there was a bigger part in the script of what happened between them in that point. Yeah, because it looks like it looks like the crow and Sarah like talk to each other like telepathically. Where yeah. the crow shows him and goes, Ma! And she's like, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I've been waiting for this moment. Yeah, I know exactly where to go. Well, because she's been yeah. dreaming it. That's what she says. Yeah. She's been dreaming it. 
but but in in a way the, these dreams are like like you like two second clips yeah and it, it did feel kind of pointless to it because honestly once he gets out he just starts killing everybody and she's just yeah. kind of floundering in the background and then she kind of gets kidnapped and becomes a like oh i gotta go save her but why you were going there anyways to kill that dude like <laughs> didn't, so didn't, it, what me about that whole situation is that she had the opportunity to shoot Iggy pop in the head Mm. In the tattoo shop. Yeah. And she didn't. And mm. it's like, you could have easily just saved everybody a whole lot of trouble. True. Like, and you yeah, were justified you, in you doing don't kill it. Pot, so. <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't get these lines yet from him. You think I'm afraid? You think I'm afraid? And I mean, if she, he would have died at the tattoo spot, I wouldn't have had those drops. <laughs> yeah. I also feel like. Or the green People cocaine. sit around maybe. during casting calls and they're just like, you know what? We need a junkie. Call Iggy Pop. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. That was his complete Well, actually, uh, fun fact, Iggy Pop was supposed to be in the first film as Fun Boy because Fun Boy was actually based on him. Mm. Oh, yeah, and you can tell. You can definitely tell that mm. Fun Boy is based on mm. Iggy Pop. Well, one of the questions I was going to bring up since we were kind of getting into what was cut out and what is in the movie you know, recently with uh, the Justice League movie, Zack Snyder is getting another chance to actually deliver what he initially intended the Justice League movie to be, as opposed to just leaving what cut version was made and left out there. And so I know there's been people discussing and arguing online about should we really do that? Then what is the actual version? And like... Like, what precedent does that set where uh, a director goes and, you know, does whatever movie and somebody just come back and be like, here's the better version of that movie? You know, like, do we just keep compounding off of that? And so looking at this movie, uh, do you think it should get that treatment or is it just good the way it no. is, even with how bad it kind of <laughs> I mean, is? It's bad the way it is, but as the person who's saw the fan at it, it gets much worse. And I, I have more much more uh to, to prove with that okay okay cool well we can go well, ahead and get into example, it all right go ahead man okay uh yeah so i okay at the end when sarah dies uh i, I believe in the regular version she she pretty much just dies but actually I've, I've got it right here so i'm actually gonna play it and read this the script as it plays so basically um it says, Ash hesitates a moment, realizing the enormity of what is about to do is an agonizing choice. Uh, basically, uh, he, he's about to go... Um, okay, okay, so she's dying, and he comes up to her and says, I have to stay. Uh, oh, wait, no, never mind. I'm, I'm looking at the wrong part. He's looking at his, the ghost of his son, whose son is just like, yeah, whatever. Was so, that when he yeah, was fighting? Okay, so, um, when he was fighting the dude, the drug, the drug kingpin. Yeah, yeah, the the drug kingpin. Which, by the way, uh, Judas. Okay, so what Judas. is revealed in the fan edit is that he's gone to hell, which explains uh, the one of the worst uh, bits of dialogue in cinematic history. Which uh, Seth, you know what I'm. Go to hell. I've already been there, and I must confess. I like what I saw. There you go. 
<laughs> God, I hate it. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, there's a deleted scene where it talks about when he was a child, he was like ice skating and fell through the ice and died for a couple minutes and then went to hell and then was sh- he came back with knowledge of hell pretty much and he just decided to spend the rest of his life really that sounds exactly like what happened to the singer of mayhem the norwegian black metal band oh yeah but he claims to have the same thing happen where he had a near-death experience and he had a near-death experience where he was on an ice rink and he slipped through the ice and a and a a piece of it like uh penetrated his spleen oh shit and he was bleeding out and uh, he was in the ice cold water, and somebody pulled him out. And he he said that he was dead for a certain amount of time, which made him actually more infatuated with death. Mm. Hmm. But um, interesting. But, but yeah, I I mean, talking about like redoing shit and, and all of that, uh, I don't. It's like I think it's necessary, but then at the same time, I don't think it's necessary. Mostly. I, I just felt that the character Ash Corvin was just super lame. Mm. Yeah. Com- compared to Eric, he, uh, compared to Eric Draven, Ash was lame. I mean, there, there's a, a, a couple of, like when he realizes that he comes back, he's just like, all right, well, I just gotta go murder a bunch of people. That's kind of cool. But uh, then, uh, I mean, it's it's a complete copycat of the first movie. But yeah, what made the first and, movie so and then cool about it? Sarah comes up to her to him, and she just wants his dick, and he's just like, "We can't do this." But, but like, she's, such a, she's such a robot why? about it. Yeah. Like why? Why no? Like why can't they do this? Why why can't like he has to kill all the people before they can have sex? I mean, and he did. Then, did didn't that, that happen? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on a second. Didn't she start going for the dick right after he got out of being underwater for like a day? Yeah. <laughs> this shit after, down there. After a gratuitous belly shot. It is gross down there. He is being a gentleman, not letting her mess around <laughs> with whatever he's got down there, being at the bottom of the ocean for like a day. And it's like, oh, now do you want to play with my dick? No, sir. And he is making a good choice for her. She should, like, no, like, go take a shower, and then we can do this. And it's fine. I don't understand. Well, no, no. no. He, kills a, he kills a couple people, and then she still tries to Oh, okay. You know, okay. What I find okay. interesting is he wakes up, and she's, like, crowded over him. Yeah. And then it's like, you know what you need to do, right? Get my revenge. Okay, let me take this dirty-ass shit off of you. I think I have something in the closet for mm. you. She dresses him, and I'm like, oh, God, now he's in a relationship. Yeah, 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 basically. Yeah, he's there. I do have to ask, though, uh, Dallas, um, if a man were to come to you and you were single and uh, just do magic tricks for you, does that get you going? (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that kind of goes towards him being lame because he definitely did magic tricks to everybody he killed, and it was strange. Yeah, the lunatic that is stopping before killing somebody, and he's like, "Look at my magic trick! What the fuck are you doing, man?" Like he literally took out a deck of cards. So, like, wait a second, in that tight ass clothes you got, you were running around with a deck of cards, and then pulled him out. Magic trick. So he probably picked 
some up on the way to the guy. I want to see that scene that was cut where you just like see him stop and he's like looking for cards. And it's like, what, what, you need a deck of cards? He's like, yeah, I got to kill somebody soon. And uh, I want to show him a magic trick before he dies. <laughs> no, he these. takes them off of a grifter on the street on the way there. That's oh, no shit. It. They kept it in. Okay, I missed that one. <laughs> oh, man, that's amazing. <laughs> no, I'm saying hypothetically. Though. Oh, I thought you said you saw that. I was like, holy shit. Did no, they actually show him get the cards? That would fit. You know, he's strolling down the street. Somebody's yep. trying to do the whole three-card monster <laughs> in the box. And he's just like, you know what? Fuck you. And he destroys them, and he takes their cards with them. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 fantastic for all the wrong reasons. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I wonder whose, like, line was it. I wonder if there was, like, the writers in the room were just like, he's got to do something cool when he kills them. I know. He always did He always did magic tricks with his son. What if he just does it's magic not tricks? not a magic trick either. <laughs> he just, like, he makes the guy pick a card, and then he shows him the card, and then Ash has a different card, and it's just different. And he's like, oh, yeah, too bad. you got to die now. Like, like, there was no magic to it. Yeah. I like, though, that, see, he says pain is his power, but the whole movie, I was like, you know, I never really thought about the revenge being a superpower to where, like, you want revenge so bad that nothing kills you. Like, you just, everything. Like, he blows up, and that dude, like, incinerates. You get a quick shot of him, like, blowing into pieces, and he just walks out fine. And I was like, this is the ultimate superpower. Just revenge. Yeah, <laughs> just a pissed hatred. off parent. Ultimate superpower. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That's a good way to look at it. I like that pissed off parent. You're damn right. <laughs> that superpower, too, is somebody do something to my kid. Fucking yeah, right. You know, what, what I find interesting about his revenge, of course, comparing it to Eric Draven's character, where Eric, Eric Draven's character was a musician. Mm. So... With with that in mind, he used his words and his lyrics as weapons in his path to vengeance. Mm. So so every time he saw the, the those villains, he would tell them how he felt and what he was and what he was thinking, and and somehow he would incorporate that into killing these men. Mm. Now Ash Corbin is a mechanic. Yeah, he does nothing in this movie that lets us know he's a mechanic other than flashbacks. Mm. I would have liked it. If um, he was well, going to start working on his car after he comes back from the well, in the in the smallest mechanic shop, um, if he could have like put together parts from cars and shit and made cool ass weaponry, yeah, that would be dope. I, I would agree with that. that. Would be pretty awesome uh, if he like, did that. Like yeah. a movie that we're going to do in the future, maybe. Um, I actually, yeah, like uh, some Dead Rising shit. You know? Yeah, Dead Rising shit. Yeah, or, that, or that actually would be dope. That that's actually and, and Mandy, which we might cover in the future. And, and, uh, it's the same thing. His wife gets killed, so he creates his own hatchet guy thing. And 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 I think it was great with Eric Draven because he was so poetic, and he always had poetry, and and he he had um he he always had something. You saying Ashton had poetry? You saying Ashton Ash, had poetry? On the other hand, always use just just stupid action hero one liners. Yeah. Instead of play play the clip of the poetry. What poetry? Oh, you talking about? It was like one crow. Oh my god, that's so. <laughs> uh, you know, actually, I didn't get that clip. You, uh, <laughs> In the one clip, god. you didn't tell me to get. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm talking about Eric Draven and Ash Corbin. 
But you know, but now that's what he's talking about. Ash Corbin has that poetry line. That line is actually from the comic, from what they said, where it's like the one crow, yeah. two crow, and whatever bullshit he was talking. Yeah, that <laughs> shit was terrible. I'm Googling it so I can read it. <laughs> and he was trying his damn hardest to say it, too. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you this this movie did a pretty terrible sin to me, personally. Uh, I take it on a personal level because uh, I'm a very huge Punisher fan. And I actually really enjoy Thomas Jane's version of the Punisher. That movie, I think it's actually, uh, I think it's a fun movie, a good movie. I don't know, fun maybe not the right word. It's pretty sad, but. Um, got it. And watching this movie, where I saw Thomas Jane in a wig aggressively jerking off, was very <laughs> sad, and I, I didn't want to see that. And I mean, it was close-up shots of his face, like sweat dripping down aggressively. I'll be angrily jerking off. And I was like, come on, man. You, you're the and Punisher. It is weird because I saw you're that scene. Fucking like, Punisher. going to love this. No, I'm not. I'm it's very like mad. <laughs> it is. But it's All not the. His dream wrapped up in one. You're absolutely right, dude. All your nightmares rolled into one. It was that. Like he was aggressively oh aggressively like i thought he was about to rip his dick off like it was pretty aggressive i didn't know what was happening i i even felt like the bad guys in this movie like none of them had names and they had 30 minutes to come up with a cool nickname or nobody gets any speaking lines yeah no right (laughs) he gets so mad when like time is up and he like oh he freaked out he freaked out trying to get the coin i was like what are you doing that was another weird thing with this movie there was a lot of people who over dramatized things like there was the one where um the uh the crow ash he's fighting uh the yellow power ranger and they're fighting in that room trini and he just all of a sudden flips out, and he just starts throwing shit around. And I was like, "Wait, what? What? What are you doing? What? What fight is this? <laughs> like, how in the middle? Like, I, I just want to see the MMA fight. I want to see that where you're watching a real MMA fight, and one of the fighters just gets angry with how the fight is going. It just starts thrashing around and kicking the. <laughs> and, and it's weird about that fight scene because uh, uh, Trini, the yeah. Yellow Ranger, she. Is a she was a real life like uh, martial arts like master. Yeah. So she's using real martial arts. So you have a martial arts master versus an angry dad. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> Who's basically. just throwing tantrums and throwing shit? Well, see, they said the original. They said the original fight though went longer and was more brutal. And what happened was Trini found out like oh shit, I actually can't kill this guy. Like, he's not dying. So, like, when he's having that tantrum, she's starting to come to the realization that she actually can't beat him. And it's, like, dawning on her, and he kind of takes that opportunity to grab her and kill her and stuff like that. So it, and- it, there's a there's a bit more to it, which I don't know why they cut that. With all the other things they cut, like, if they had a really dope fight scene film, like, that kind of sucks that they cut that of, of everything that they cut. And- I even found that scene, like the the end of that scene, very sad for me, because I was a huge Power Ranger fan mm. growing up, Same. and I and I was a big fan of her. Mm. Same. And just the I just knowing that in two thousand one she died in a car accident. Oh and yeah. And to see that scene was like, oh, damn. Yeah. 
Um, Why don't you go ahead and talk about, Ian, maybe a point of the movie that you enjoy. Give me a second. I'm taking a step from the headphones, but y'all keep going. I need to put a charger on my computer. All right. Uh, part I enjoyed. Um, not much. <laughs> <laughs> I like, well, the part, my favorite part is when Iggy Pop is just, he snorts a lot of green cocaine. I don't know if the cocaine is green or if it's just like how everything else in the movie is green, yellow, or black. Like that, that's just the entire cinematography. I, like the. I, I, the, the <laughs> I thought that the was the thought his that, cocaine. The director thought that, like, he was like, oh, yeah, it's really cool when other directors, like, use the same color format, the color palette in all their films. But let me just make this all green and yellow, and that's, the, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's it, supposed it, to be, like, a weird out. designer drug. Yeah. And yeah, it's... so I don't know. It's green cocaine. It didn't kill him, but it did kill. Uh, but apparently, it does kill you if you take a syringe to the nose, oh, which yeah. we see. Well, no, that was a bad batch. Remember? Guess you were right, Bastard. That was a bad batch. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Yesterday, Ryan came up to me at work. First thing he said to me, like right when he came in to the. Into work in the morning. He just came up to me and said, You know, Ian, you're right. And I said, What? And he said, That was a bad batch. Yeah. Yeah. What would you all uh, say about the only person I think was almost more pointless than uh, Sarah in the movie was probably the other chick who was like the Sayer? Who can oh, kind of see one? the future, but then like also helps her, like just gives her a knife and's like, "Hey, go kill that dude I'm working for." But like, the little <laughs> homeless girl that was the one from she, Seventh Heaven, she might have been more pointless than them all. Yeah, yeah, Total I think you're right. Pointless yeah. character. I remember seeing that. Well, and I was like, she reminded really Sarah of herself. It, it, it was to show what it was really to show us, like, oh, hey, you remember Sarah from the first movie? Yeah. Wasn't it just like her? Yeah, but I agree with Dallas here. Like, that was pointless as fuck. Because then she comes back towards the end, I think. And they just have a shot of her with the cat. And she says some line or two. But it's like, what? What are we doing? And the creepy scene the creepy scene with her and the crow when he, like, plops down next to her, like, and does magic for her. Like, oh my run, God. girl. You yeah. in trouble. Yeah, I think that's a good... Thing to have for any women out there, I think it's an announcement that if any man does magic for you, just leave immediately. You don't need to find out what happens afterwards. You know, if I had to pick a scene in a movie that I liked a lot, was the entire Day of the Dead festival. Yeah, no, that was cool. Yeah, the real Smorchos thing. Yeah, it's really because it starts off with Deftones playing, and everybody, it doesn't seem like. Was it Deftones? It looked like corn. No, it was was Deftones. It was Deftones. If you could see the look I just gave you, Ian. (laughs) It it was Deftones. It was a white dude with 
blonde dreadlocks. Like, yeah. No, no, no. He might have had blonde dreadlocks, but he didn't have like a Puma jumpsuit and, and a polo <laughs> shirt. So he didn't have no Adidas shoes on. So no, he had a polo shirt. That wasn't Jonathan Davis. Yeah, that that was a whole. That was that was that confused me so much because there's the whole Davey Los Mojos thing. Sorry, I butchered that. But Man the Dead. And uh, and then there's just this band of these white dudes with polo shirts and bleached dreadlocks, and they're they're like, not only are like he was doing this weird like jigging thing. <laughs> and but but the the way the crowd was reacting to the band is if everybody's just taking part in a festival. You and know, then all of a sudden now you have this final battle. Yeah. And a lynching and, and a lynching and everybody's <laughs> just like, This happens every year. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Ryan. I was just about to make that point if you weren't. <laughs> like that was the strangest thing to me is that they hang up a dude in this festival and he's whipping this dude. And everybody's <laughs> like, Yeah, that's awesome and it's like it's no. <laughs> I guess Everybody, so. and, and that I is know, a I great. It. <laughs> it's a black man it. whipping a white dude and hanging him. <laughs> it's true. And there's one guy in the crowd that's like, "Dude, I come here every year. This is the best one so far. <laughs> it's the best one. <laughs> I mean, Deftones. A black dude whips a white guy being hung. And, like and it doesn't get better. Crows and, 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 show up and rip yeah, no, 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 so before, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Right, right. Before the crows. He he lets him down for some reason, kills the girl. But the the guy who's just hung, he got stabbed. That's why he let him impaled go. him. He impaled him. Just about my I had the same way that the bad guy was impaled in the first movie, and then and then all the crows went through his jacket into the other guy and transferred his powers very conveniently. Well, well, yeah, because that that's how it works in the crow cinematic universe. Uh, apparently he controls all the fucking crows. All you have to do <laughs> is drink crow blood to get his power. Yeah. Even though a crow is just supposed to be a spirit, how the yeah, fuck is I, he I like how, blooded fucking crow? Mm. I like how after he drank the crow blood, he put the face paint on. You know what so, I would actually like to see is I would like to see a, a versus battle with Squirrel Girl versus the crow, and then they just all have their animals attack each other, and it just. <laughs> <laughs> Between Squirrel Girl and fucking I could, the crow. I couldn't help but notice when he was like pinning the crow down. I'm like, is the crow enjoying this? Yeah. <laughs> the crow had a look on his face like, oh, is that all you got? Yeah. So, the crow is also into BDSM, like yeah, the animal. Yeah, because it's like he pins down one wing and he goes, oh, I have another wing. <laughs> Speaking of BDSM, my favorite scene from the movie is when the bartenders pop up and start shooting him. Yeah. But somehow, the guy in the gimp suit tied to the wall behind him is completely unscathed. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, you can't shoot that guy, man. <laughs> yeah, it's like... It there's no way they're not that good of shots. I promise you, if you're on that many drugs behind a bar. Yeah. Everybody's getting hit. <laughs> and, and, and the, uh, the magnitude gratuitous belly shots throughout this entire movie. Oh, you gotta get that yeah, belly. Yeah, my, my, I'm uh, out there was more titties in this movie than there was. It was like, there were more belly shots than there were titties or even nipples for that, for that matter. True. It's true. You well, gotta yeah, get that PG belly. But yeah, it, it's strange of how oddly metrosexual everybody was. That's it, man. That's that was the time. 
It was the time of you, uh, Ian. I mean, come on, man. You're telling me you weren't dressing with your belly showing, man? Like a little bit of stomach there? And just trying to get the girls? But there's guys guys with with his wigs on. It's funny because where me and Ryan grew up, you couldn't wear more clothes. Like, and down when we was at large white tees, baggy pants, <laughs> Tim's, yeah, the complete no, no, opposite. Yeah, yeah, nobody shows skin. <laughs> dude, if you're a dude, if you were a dude showing skin like that, there's a lot of homophobia <laughs> happening. <laughs> like, it's just, it's, it's just how it was back then. They, they even yeah. made it a point in the movie. Uh, when they were doing the flashback where Ash and his son were sinking to the bottom mm. and all the debris and, and the water and the dirt mm. was covering everything, all you saw was Ash's belly. Mm. The, the, the yeah. way they angled it. And every time, like... He came uh, out like Wolverine in X-Men Origins when, you know, when he bust out from being experimented on and he's just like... Because in that shot, like he had an eight-pack. And then when you see him, it looked like he had one too many burgers. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, like, it, like they all break for lunch. And it's just like, oh, shit. You know, I don't want to do a double cheeseburger, but I will. <laughs> he's like, oh, shit, we got to get back on set. And like, show us that belly. And it's like, all right. <laughs> You're going to have to give him a minute. Like, nah, man, we have no time. No time. Like, well, he's been underwater for, he's been dead underwater for a day. He's kind of bloated. Yeah, mm. and he's like, what? Fucking camera adds like 10 fucking pounds <laughs> oh man the belly shots man the 90s belly and, and the but, names man like thomas jane and it, like like thomas jane character Nemo was i don't so want to talk pointless. about thomas jane uh it, thomas jane you do you very upset me I didn't mind his. Well, I'll tell you what, though. I, this, this is what I'll tell you. I, I was just listening to that uh, The Money Plane uh, episode of uh, How Did This Get Made podcast. And they were saying the same thing about apparently Thomas Jane is in that movie. But, like, I think one of the guys, um, Jason Mazukas, he watched the whole movie. And he and then when they were talking about it, uh, Paul Shear was like, oh, yeah, and Thomas Jane and whatever. And he was like, wait a second. Thomas Jane was in this movie? And they're like, yeah. He's like, I didn't even recognize him. And then Paul was like, yeah, I didn't recognize him either. Like, I saw the the credits, and it was like, Thomas Jane. I was like, what? And, and like, this is another movie where I did not know Thomas Jane was in this movie until I watched that YouTube video that Ian sent me. And they said Thomas Jane, and they showed the wig fall off in that scene where the wig pops off of him. And I was like, holy shit, that's Thomas Jane? (laughs) This dude disappears in his roles. It's wild. We watched this movie on an outside projector screen in our backyard, and we were watching it through uh, Amazon Prime on Cinemax. And it's right, right when I paused it, you saw Thomas Jane's picture popped up. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I did not know it was him. Like, the whole, I watched the whole movie. If you would have asked me when we did this podcast, if you would have said, oh, Thomas Jane, I'd have been like, what? Who is Thomas Jane in this movie? <laughs> like, it's only because of that clip that Ian sent me that I saw that. And I was like, I just saw him aggressively jerk off in that strip scene. Oh, <laughs> Punisher, why? Yeah, I was like, man. <laughs> Wow, didn't he do the same thing in The Punisher? No. <laughs> no, sir, you take it back. You it take it back now. Where the Punisher was, like, jerking him. off, like, in, he definitely, yeah, he, yeah, he definitely punished that dick in this movie, for sure. Thomas Jane, The Punisher. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the, remember The Mist? 
at the end where he shoots everybody, starts crying and jerking off really violently. <laughs> <laughs> With his skull shirt on. <laughs> yeah. That's the same. Every actor does the same thing in every movie. Like Tom Cruise, no, 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 I know what it is. I know what it is. Thomas Jane, as the Punisher, had a completely black shirt, aggressively jerked off, and made a skull with the cum that came out. Just made a skull on his shirt <laughs> as his Punisher skull. <laughs> It's a lie. And, and, and at the end of the movie, when the all the cars explode, and it's that big old Punisher symbol, but it has like a red wig at the top. <laughs> Just wearing the wig on the skull. <laughs> oh, shit, man. Uh, I'll never look at him that? the same. I, I do. I don't know if I'll watch the Punisher again. <laughs> you know, I'm afraid to watch, rewatch the Punisher, and I'm going to be like, oh, God, Thomas Jane. <laughs> oh, God, Thomas Jane. <laughs> He's so either, which Punisher are you talking about? He's is either this... crying or jerking off extreme. You don't remember the uh, John Travolta, uh, where well, he was so the villain? In the, yeah, in the oh, Punisher. Yeah. Thomas Jane's the Punisher. Wow. In that one. Yeah. Wow. Actually, a pretty good movie, though. I really enjoyed that movie. I like that fight with him and the Russian in that movie. But we're not covering the Punisher. We're covering City of Angels, The Crow. So, um, but yeah, like, uh, great. Thank you, Thomas Jane, for your disappearing into roles because he definitely did it in this one. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Is there anything else that really stand? Any scenes we didn't touch on uh, yes. that really stand out? I've I've actually been uh, meaning. To, I, I I tried to say this earlier, but we changed the subject. So, uh, during the Day of the Dead thing, and uh, the girl kind of gets killed, and then and then Ash kills Judah, the bad guy. So and, and so the point of uh, an extended fan edit is that it's supposed to make the movie better. Now, you tell... And, and the director saw it, and he said, yeah, you're right. You finally you made my vision come to life. This is the best version of this movie. That was, you know, it was better than the theatrical version. I'll, I'll let you guys be the judge. I'm gonna... So, as I said, the... Uh, the thing, it just, the fan edit, it pauses and then it reads the script. So I will read the script to you guys and you tell me if this is better. So in the theatrical, theatrical version, she kind of just dies and what happens? He, he's just like kind of sad, pretty much. Is that what happens? In the theatrical version, uh, at the end, you're talking about how it ends? Yeah. Yeah, it ends. Yeah, it like, actually, it, well, it ends. kind of dies. No, doesn't it end with him riding off on a motorcycle and we get this ending monologue? Because I, I actually cut it because I did well, want to no, discuss it. I'm not talking it. about that. I'm talking about before that. Before when uh, she gets stabbed and then he and then Ash kills Judah, and then he goes over like she's like bleeding out or something. She's dying. Yeah. Like nothing really happens, right? Yeah. No, I think he picks her up. Uh, I think it, it cuts from there. And then he's like yeah. carrying her, and he lays her so, down at some kind of so, altar. So that that's that's the version that Harvey Weinstein thought was was better. Okay. So, so here's the unedited, or actually the fan edited version where they added parts. So she's laying dead, and then he comes over her and says, "Sarah reaches down to the wedding ring, which hangs from her neck on the chain." That's the one that Eric Graven gave her in the first one. Yeah. She tugs at the chain, snapping it apart. She holds the ring out to Ash. And then I'm just waiting for it to 
go to the next thing. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the, yeah, the reason says forever. She says, take this. And uh, so she she's like dying in his hands. And it says, Ash takes the ring from Sarah. She closes Ash's hand around the ring, gripping his fist tightly. I'll wait for you forever if I have to. Mm-hmm. Which, honestly, I will admit, that's a lot better than what we fucking got. <laughs> no, it's not. It's so much worse. Why is it? Well, it's like, only I so mean, much. Really, really, that's worse than putting her on the altar. <clears throat> All right, motorcycle. All right, kid. Yes. Bye. Because yeah. they met a day ago. No, well, hold on. I, I, I'm going to say this. I'm curious <laughs> to see. There's more, by the way. Well, I'm curious to see some more of it because they originally wrote in more of a love story between them. We didn't get any of that. Literally, there's no love story. It would make no sense for him to do that. There, there's more chemistry between Sarah and the crow in the beginning of the movie than there is Ash and Sarah yeah, doing yeah, the but, entire fucking movie. The, the, yeah. thing is, the thing is, though, is that the, the parts that were edited out were like way too much. Yeah, she says, "I'll wait for you forever if I have to." Yeah, like, I think. I think. Okay, I'll say this. I think I agree with you, Ian, because I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. Okay. It is very dumb to be in that love with somebody in a day. <laughs> however, <laughs> however, this is playing off of teenage 90s young girls' hearts who are kind of like looking <laughs> for that stuff, right? I'm not even trying to make fun of it. Like the romantic uh, the romantic kind of like, I'll wait for you forever, like beyond death, that kind of gothic-like yeah, yeah, exactly. thing. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, no, like this movie totally did it for me. Yeah, like if they would have had that kind of scene in there, I uh, I would probably be sure that uh, a lot of the girls in those gothic ways would really like that would really hit them in the right spot as compared to what we got was just like layer at an altar in peace. So Yeah, we I, we got a couple of weird hand touches like Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one she, she's like bleeding out in his arms and she says if two people love each other, nothing keeps them apart. Mm-hmm. Nothing. And then she just dies in his hands. That, yeah. that scene was a little weird for me, knowing that that actress played in Not Another Teen movie. Oh, yes. So I'm like, at one point, I'm like, don't tell me she poops on his chest. Oh, that was who she was? <laughs> that, Amazing. That, that's that's her. That's great. Fantastic. She's like, yeah, yeah. The, the, the line is she walks up to Chris Evans and says, uh, why why is it that every time I tell a guy he could put it anywhere, they put it in my ass? And then it's just like, and then after, I take a dump on their chest. Yeah, I remember that line. And, like, <laughs> and then going back and watching this movie, like, oh, my God, that's her. Not only that, but you could go back and be like, oh, and she told that to Captain America. <laughs> Exactly, <laughs> which is also great. Oh shit, he was he was in that movie too. Chris Evans, yeah, another teen movie. Dude, there is a scene. There is a scene with Chris Evans naked with whipped cream over his dick and ass oh, with a banana that's, sticking that's out. Tina's favorite scene. It's Tina's it? favorite scene. <laughs> it's my wife's oh, favorite Tina, scene. Tina, you're True. so gross. Yeah, she is gross. <laughs> No, I actually did want to bring up the actual ending. I have this here. I believe there's a place where the restless souls wander, burdened by the weight of their own sadness, 
They wait for a chance to set the wrong things right. Only then can they be reunited with the ones they love. Sometimes, a crow shows them the way. Because sometimes, love is stronger than death. So, I do want to bring up the concept that I never thought that when I die, a crow would show up and just guide me through the afterlife. <laughs> just the concept of that. Sometimes, a crow shows up. <laughs> It's actually a biblical reference to magpies really? being the um, magpies were said to be the harbinger of death, basically. So there was a magpie that came to Jesus's uh, birth, subsequently warning Mary of the sorrow to come. So it's been like a huge thing through like nursery rhymes, which is actually where the origin of that cheesy one crow two crow thing came from ah so um i don't remember any of that in the bible that may be some extra stuff outside of it because there's a lot of different like um i wouldn't say different well maybe different versions but different other um writings or different other interpretations of things and stuff like that uh i don't know if explicitly in the like the holy bible the 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 legit like legitimate bible crows are referenced in there but i don't know i've never heard it referenced in that way so i do find that interesting. no it's it's like it's like nativity interpretations ah uh, makes sense okay okay interesting well i mean it's just it was a funny line to me it stuck out i didn't really have that background yeah. knowledge i do find that fascinating but i mean nobody that would watch this movie would know either way but yeah like... it just it's just funny to think a crow shows up and shows you to your loved ones after you die it, it was a weird way to end the movie and i just i don't know but you know there was the overabundance I can't fucking wait till I'm dying. I'm like, hey, did anybody see that crow yet? <laughs> anybody see that crow it just flew by? <laughs> Some, somebody let me know, okay? <laughs> well, you have to die violently by a gang of thugs that all have a boss. And yeah. well, well, every, every hideout with gang of thugs, I'm just going to show up like, hey, did anybody see that Saints game? Mm-hmm. Anybody doing some illegal shit today? And he's like, just, just go away, man. We know what you're trying to do. You're trying to become the crow. <laughs> are you Are you trying to be the crow here? And he's like, what? <laughs> what? What's that? Yeah, some people try to get bit by spiders. Ryan tries to get violently beat up by gang members to get his superpowers. It's like I'm going to my vehicle <laughs> wistfully. <laughs> it's not just you, but somebody you love. Either you're... Your fiance. Or That's your even worse. God damn, are you really making this hard? Huh? Yeah, you gotta bring like your kid or your your wife, and <laughs> don't worry, it's, honey, we're going down this alleyway so I can I, get I, superpowers. I, I like I like how the crow has guidelines. <laughs> I, I really yeah. do. Yeah, I yeah, know it's pretty good. I do. I actually I did find it interesting. Speaking of which, though, I sorry, uh, it, it's interesting how in the first movie. It was, he came back a year later, exactly one year later. In the second movie, it was about 15 minutes. Yeah, I think it was like the previous. Show. Because like she's having those dreams basically like right after he died, right? So then she kind of walks over there and sees him come out the water almost well, like. Well, yeah, she made it sound like she's been having these dreams for a while and he just died 15 minutes ago. Yeah, it is weird. She said she because he says it to the tattoo shop guy. She's like, yeah, I've been I haven't been sleeping well. I've been having these weird dreams. And and then there's another line drop like oh he it was like the day after they killed him he's awake doing stuff and it's like whoa what yeah 
Yeah, because that would explain the lack of decomp. Yeah, it would explain the lack of decomp, but what it doesn't explain is like, did you have well, you had premonitions then? So technically, you might have been able to stop this if you would have looked into your dreams, basically. Like, it's not on her. I don't. I don't think it's like she should have. It's weird dreams, but so she was actually foreseeing the future then, not like seeing something that's past. If she's been haunted by dreams for days. Yeah, because yeah. I was like, is it in the, the spirit of like, oh, she woke up from a dream and then she went back to sleep and she's having the same dream. Like for me, I have like four or five different fucking dreams in one night. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, I was confused at which one it was. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. I don't know. I don't really care too much to dig into the psychology of any of that, though. <laughs> this movie doesn't warrant that much. Well, well yeah, because this is not the first crow. So, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the screenwriter didn't know what was going on, so... Yeah. No, he was too busy trying and to then, shoot his next music really video. Other, um, other other than Ryan and myself, has anybody else seen the the other Crow movies? The oh, the other ones? No, I've only seen the first God, one. Believe it or not, this is this is the less shitty sequel. This this one is so bad it's good and it's entertaining. The others are just pure garbage. Really? Yeah. It takes yeah, a lot no. for me to not watch something with David Boreanaz in it. Mm. Like, um, like the difference in the shittiness between the first one and the second one, the third one and the fourth one are like, multiply that by six. Straight, they're straight to DVD movies. <laughs> and so, and, and so, okay, so you know how in the first Crow movie, he uh, he just happened before he became the Crow. He he just happened to like like that makeup. That was his thing. And then he comes back to life and he puts the makeup on. And the second movie, Sarah, the same girl, she's like, oh, you remind me of Eric. So she puts his makeup on. And the third movie, this is a guy who got framed for his girlfriend's death and got in death row, and he was executed. He was electrocuted. They put a mask on, a metal mask on his face, electrocuted him, and the lines in the mask burnt into his skin. It just happened to be the same uh, design as the crow face paint. Do you, do you remember what his name was in the movie? No, but is it just convenient that he had the same lines burnt into the skin that the previous two crows had, and the crow after him? That, and his name was Ash, and he was a mechanic. That crow's back again, Ryan. You better be careful. Oh, shit, is Bro. it here? Can somebody tell me when it's here? <laughs> yeah, kill Ryan now. <laughs> so, so, yeah, and then he's joined by uh, Kirsten Dunt. Oh wow, she was yeah. in that one, and he's yeah, actually wait, framed isn't she by the, the dead girlfriend. Though? He uh, what? she's the dead girlfriend. She's no, the dead girlfriend. No, she's 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 the new love interest that helps him out because he's framed uh, by the dude who plays in Tremors because mm. he's the police chief mm. who puts right. screws into his arm, and it also has the guy from um the the newest Tomb Raider movie. He's also the bad guy. He's like he's in uh he's in House of a Thousand Corses. He's the deputy. He's in that movie too. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's in that yeah. Movie I haven't too. seen it since high school. So uh, and then the, uh then then what is it? The Crow Wicked Prayer has yeah. uh the the chick from uh 
you don't mess with the Zohan. And, yeah, but and, and tell us who, who the who, who the crow is played by. Uh, the guy from PETA who went into a supermarket and grabbed what are you talking about? No, it, it's it's Edward Furlong. Yeah, the guy from PETA who took a bunch of lobsters and he threw it outside because he was trying to save their lives and he actually killed them in the process. <laughs> that Edward Furlong, yeah, him. So, do you know who Edward Furlong is? Yeah, I think so. Isn't he? Am I mistaken in thinking he's the kid from uh, T two? John Connor. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was supposed yeah, to be actually. He was actually supposed to be our Spider Man in the original uh, John Carpenter Spider Man script. And oh, and was, interesting. No, 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 not John Carpenter. Um, shit. Oh no, who, who was it? Uh, James, James, James Cameron. James Cameron. That's what I meant to say. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, James Cameron. Spider Man. And what's weird is that the Crow movie he's in, he's he <clears throat> he's Mexican. Amazing. So he's Mexican, <clears throat> and. <laughs> So he's Mexican, and he's hunted by the four horsemen, quote-unquote four horsemen of the apocalypse, which is led by David Boreanaz, his girlfriend Tara Reid, uh, uh, Boozenskank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Boozenskank. Nice. Um, Dennis Hopper is in it. The MMA fighter Tito Ortiz, the guy who plays, uh, was it, uh, Tank in The Matrix, and and another no-name actor, and they're all the full horsemen of the apocalypse. Huh. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. Hey, it sounds interesting, but it's good, though. Okay. Okay. Yeah, these these movies make City of Angels look like, again, fantastic. Oh, oh, not to mention the short-ran TV series on the Sci-Fi channel, The Crow. Stairway to Heaven. With Mark Mark Dragos from Double Dragon. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. You got my attention now. <laughs> oh yeah, he, he walks around as the crow during the day with face paint. That's amazing. <clears throat> and nobody nobody says anything about it. So, this movie, The Crow <laughs> Two, um, did the whole thing basically take place in one night? Right, like all this happened yeah, in a night. Yeah, uh, unless unless it's like thirty yeah. days a night and you never see yeah. sun for thirty fucking days. Yeah, so yeah. the fr- the first movie is two nights. Okay. This one might be one night. I would say it's probably yeah. one night. I did find it interesting though that he questions the first guy he kills about where the other guys are, but then he just just finds the other people. Like I, I thought the bird was telling him where everybody was. So I was confused why he was questioning one of the guys. Because he just like finds everybody else, like whatever. So yeah, that's the, the crow is usually the the cursor that shows him like his next path where to go. I understand why he had to really interact with the villains. Yeah, no, I don't know why he was like, "Where is everybody? Where are they at? What is this place? Like, what does yeah. it matter, man?" We're like, yeah, we get we get it, fucking Christian Bale. All yeah. right. Just, just, fucking, just listen to the goddamn crow. Yeah, it's like your mini map in a video game where it just points where you got to go. <laughs> you Speaking just go there. Which, there's a mission. video game. Oh yeah, with uh, the crow. No, please, no, let's not. <laughs> no, because no, no, no. I'm the only one on this podcast right now that's actually played that fucking video game. Terrible. Let's not. Why would you do that? 
because I liked the Crow at the time, and it was for PlayStation. I just got my fucking PlayStation, and there's a Crow City of Angels. Fuck yeah, I'm going to get it. Was it good? Not at all. It was like it was like trying to play Resident Evil. If Resident Evil were a 2D, 3D beat-em-up oh with, with, with tank controls and bad camera angles, and Jeez. everybody said the same shit over and over again, and and the music just looped, and every time you killed somebody, the fucking uh, the, the 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 crow would burn into the fucking ground, <laughs> and and then you go into another location, you go back, that enemy has respawned, and everything was. Go look it up at YouTube. Yeah, I think I actually might just for a little bit. Although that brings me back to one point in this movie. Why? How the fuck? Why the fuck would you go to a tattoo shop and ask for a tattoo, and then this girl just starts drawing a crow on your chest, and you don't even realize it <laughs> like the next day? Right. Like, and she even said she based it off the design that he brought her. Yeah. It was. <laughs> But yeah, speaking of, like, weird crow stuff, like, the, like, all of the different crow shapes that come off the dead bodies in the different scenes, mm. they just look wonky. Yeah. They, they're very, you know, you can barely tell that they're crows. Yeah, other than the wingspan, you'll see the wings of them, and you're like, okay, that's supposed to be a crow. But, yeah, it's like, uh, it's not really shaped perfectly. It's, it's like it's like we gotta hurry up and shoot this before everything starts disbanding. <laughs> before the fucking wind blows the leaves, we have to hurry up and shoot this fucking scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that makes me think of um, what was it? The Daredevil movie with Ben Affleck, where the investigators come up and drop a match, and there's the DD and like whatever gasoline or whatever the fuck he did like who's just leaving that there so it perfectly lights up to daredevil on the ground <laughs> stupid I, I i also find it weird like they they really did away really quick in the movie with the sound the, the songs from the soundtrack mm. you know he he gets on a motorbike they, they they play filter for a little bit he he comes out of the, the drug warehouse they're playing uh white zombie Mm. And it's it's quick. Mm. And and then later they 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 played the song uh, was it uh, Gold Dust Woman by mm. Hole, mm. and it's quick and it's like when Thomas Jane pulls up in the yeah, car and it's is, quick. Which is a horrible Stevie Nicks cover. And it, and then we're just letting you know like hey did you go get our fucking soundtrack? <laughs> Watch the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um. um. Does anybody have anything else they want to bring up before we get into uh, ratings of this movie? Nope. No. No. I will, I will give Vincent Perez credit for uh, actually doing a good job playing the character. He, he, really, he really sold it for me. I won't lie. Okay. To, like he was trying to learn his lines and he he actually had i even asked my old lady i'm like does he had a dialect coach for this movie and then we saw it in the and then we saw it in the credits his dialect coach nice so i figured i'm like you know honestly it might not have been brandon lee but i think he actually did a good job and he deserved more credit than what he got compared to eric mimbus and uh, edward furlong how would y'all have liked john bon jovi as the lead for this movie Fuck, fuck no. He auditioned for the lead role. He he would have gave Crow a bad name. Yeah, they would have been living on a prayer, man. 
I guess, Tony. Talk about some bad You give the crow a bad name. Yep. Yeah, I just saw that that apparently he uh he auditioned to be the lead role of this movie. <laughs> so oh wow. I kind of like in a parallel universe wanted to see that. Yeah, where Richie Sam Moore is the fucking bad guy. <laughs> or the love interest. Yeah, there you go. Uh all right. Oh yeah, I think another thing too they didn't mention that they wanted Sarah to return as a female crow. There was there ever a female yeah. crow in any of the other movies? A what? Not the movies, but the comics. I the comics, they're... yeah. There's a female crow. Yeah, no, the movies are all just a white guy. In the sexist. Yeah, in the in the yeah, newer exactly. uh, James O'Barr uh, reimagining, it's a uh, it's an Asian guy and and it's a um, I want to I want to say it's a, also an Asian woman. Mm, okay. Well. Ian, but why, no, don't, the movies are just so why don't you go ahead, Ian, and get us into the ratings and break us down some of the ratings, uh, how we rate, and uh, let's do it, man. All right. Uh, well, we, we've got three, uh, three ratings, one for production, one for our story, and one for the entertainment value. Uh, as far as production, that is you know, how, how well this movie was made from, you know, the cinematography, the budget, the production, the what have you. Uh, I give it five terrible lines of dialogue. Seth, hit me with five terrible lines of dialogue. Go to hell! Already been there, and I must confess, I like what I saw. All your nightmares rolled into one! Guess you were right, Bassett. That was a bad batch. No. Daddy's gonna buy you a big black bird! You think I'm afraid? You think I'm afraid? I see a bird. Do you know how to fight? Do you know how to die? Alright. I just get. I, I gotta say the you think I'm afraid that I love how he just drops down an octave the second time he yes like that, that was like I mean you know you probably have seen it when he drops an octave yeah do you think I'm afraid do you think I'm afraid <laughs> he goes low yeah. on that second one I had that's why I cut both of them because I was like I gotta have both because <laughs> There's completely yeah, two yeah. different rays he says afraid. <laughs> it's pretty no, fantastic. I, I, I gotta say, uh, Judah, he was, I hate that actor so much. He's trying to be Shakespearean, and it's just fucking awful. I, like, thought, that, I thought it was actually a nice touch. That mm. was a bad batch. Like, ugh. I don't know. I didn't hate Judas. He was okay. I mean, like, I don't... I kind of agree. Like, I don't know if it hit what he was going for, per se, but... I actually would have been curious because I think they cut out a couple of things about him. Because, like, you know, another thing, too, Ian, reading a script can sometimes be very different than seeing the translation on screen. So I'd be very curious to see how those things were translated and if it would have made the movie any better or worse, like how it sounds from what you've read and seen on the uh, fan cut. 
So, yeah. um, I don't know. But um, I, I didn't completely hate him. Because, um, I mean, the whole movie was very dramatic. Everybody was, was over the top. And I just took him as one of those, an over-the-top, like, villain, you know, like, in, in his own way yeah. of being that. Like, he fit in with the world. I, I like had. the idea of him. Like, on paper, he, he seems pretty badass. Mm. But uh, just the actor just kind of really sucked, I think. Okay, okay. Um, Ryan, what you rating it? What are we rating? Uh, production? Production, yeah, I think, right? Yeah, you know, for for 1997, uh, the atmosphere it, it actually looked really good. I mean, I mean, take it, you know, the City of Angels was a complete shithole, and you know, the costumes wasn't so bad, even though that, as as you said before, everything was so metrosexual. But yeah. at the same time, it just it really made the bad guys look bad, and it. You know, it gave our hero the gothic look that it needed. And take it, it was a sleeveless uh, corset shirt that, you know, you would not catch me dead wearing unless there's a fucking crow coming. Liar. Okay, she got me on that. <laughs> I, I thought she left the room. But, um, like, I, like I said, I think it looks good for its time. Um, I think it was dark. It Like, the movie wasn't, like, too dark in certain areas, I, I think everything was the way it was supposed to be, and, and like the like the colors of the uh, the cocaine and shit like that was an interesting touch. So I would probably give this um, eight um, eight coins to put in so I can violently masturbate. Okay, cool. There you go. I like that. All right. Um, <clears throat> I'll give it right around like a six. I, I think I think uh, six. Um... Oh, because I just, I didn't think the settings and stuff were bad. I do agree the parade scene was actually pretty cool. Deftones being there was pretty cool. Um, it was pretty strange, though, that everybody's just all cool with some dude being strung up and whipped in front of everybody. <laughs> was and a bunch odd. of fucking crows picking the soul <coughs> apart because yeah. everybody sees us every year. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, it's fantastic. Um, so I would probably give it a six on that end. Um, Dallas, you want to give it a rating on production? Um, I think I agree with you. I think a six. I think the CGI parts were just absolutely awful. But I guess considering that it was the '90s, like I feel like it was the uh, goth equivalent of Escape from LA. I, mm. uh, um, I don't know. There, there were some parts where I just, I don't know. I think it could have looked a whole lot better, but all things considered, it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that old green and yellow lighting throughout the entire movie did not help. Mm. It's like it's like a bad mushroom trip. <laughs> um, so you give it six what? Um, I don't know. I give it six bumps of whatever that nasty shit they were putting up their nose is. There you go. Damn. I was going to use that. Too bad. Now you got to think of something Too else. Bad. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Um, I guess next is the uh, the, the story, the writing. Um, how you enjoyed that. I will bring it over to Ryan. What are you giving it, buddy? Um, I'm going to go halfway on this with the story because I think this movie does two things. It did a good job at copycatting the first movie 
and it did a bad job of copycatting the first movie. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and give it five. As in five? Five more crows that, they, that apparently Ash Corvin can control, question mark? Because that, that's mm. how the crow powers work. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm giving it a five because it was practically almost the same thing. Yeah. Just... Yeah. So why is it so high? <laughs> hey, I'm I'm meeting it halfway. Meeting it halfway. All right, I respect it. I'm gonna give it like a um, uh, three, I guess. I think I'd want to give it lower, but um, I guess uh, three times a uh, a black man hangs and whips a white man in the middle of the street. <laughs> So I'll give it that. Um, I would say three because, you know, revenge stories are a dime a dozen. Everybody likes doing them, and they could be fun when done appropriately. Um, this one, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that so much was cut out of it. You don't build any type of emotion or connection with any of the characters. Uh, I would like to maybe even have seen more with the with Ash and his son, like, you really just, like, it's his kid, right? Anybody would want revenge for that. And true, I get it. But you didn't really build anything into it. There was nothing in the writing that really built that frame of reference for you so that you feel his pain for revenge. It's more comical seeing him upset and everything because you don't really have any frame of reference for anything. It's just him acting out crazily over shit. And the villains, too, for that matter. So, um, and I think that has a lot to do with, with the writing of it, at least from what we saw. Who knows? Maybe the writing's much better, but after what Ian had said as well about some of the uh, fan-made you know, cuts of the other writing, it doesn't sound like it was that much better. I have to take Ian's word for it, so I'm going to stick with a low-grade three. Dallas, what are you giving it? Um, I'm going to give it two knives to stab the crow. There you go. Um, and that's because I feel like today this movie could have been written by predictive text. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I just really, <laughs> you know, I think that it might've had a whole lot more potential, but it just really seems phoned in for a lot of the dialogue. I think it could have been wittier. I think it could have been more thought provoking and it could have been deeper and they just kind of, you know, threw it together for a cash grab. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree with you on that. That, that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. uh, Ian, what are you giving it? So, yeah, I, I like how you said of, uh, you know, the whole thing about the revenge story of how there's always a lot of those. And, and so, yeah, as a revenge story, I'd give it four. But then again, it is the exact same thing as The Crow, the first one. It is the exact same thing, but shittier. So it drops down to two. But then again, I did see the fan edit. And I saw what was deleted from it. And that drops it down to one. <laughs> one really shitty crow chest tattoo on Iggy Pop. All right. All right. <laughs> there you go. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, Ian, we'll stick with you. What are you going to give it for enjoyment? Um, I would give it much lower. But, I mean, watching it last night with my girlfriend, we were just making fun of it. And it, it was funny. Like, she couldn't keep away from it actually like it was her idea to do the, the double feature so we watched the first crow and then about I'd say 
I don't know, maybe a minute and a half in the second one, I told her, you know, if if you really don't want to watch this, like, I understand, and I can watch this by myself. And she said, oh, I thought you'd never ask, and she immediately pulled out her <laughs> Nintendo Switch. <laughs> <laughs> but even though she kept watching it, and we kept making fun of it together, so it was really fun to make fun of. Plus, I, I still kind of dig the whole uh, gothic theme that they continued uh, the, the, I mean, they got the gothic theme down, and the whole uh, Day of the Dead, De Los Mochos, or whatever. Um, like, I, I kind of dug that, all of that. Um, uh, although Dallas stole my thing, I did say six lines of green cocaine sniffed by Iggy Pop, but I, I could change that to... I got nothing. This baby just... Yeah, six nightmares. Okay. Six nightmares rolled into one. Gotcha, got you covered. Um, Dallas, what do you feel about your enjoyment of the movie? Um, so there are several reasons I'm gonna get give this a higher rating than most would. Um, number one, like I was super entertained by it. I was super excited to watch it again. I even set up our new 120 inch projector in the backyard so we could watch it out there. Um. And it just kind of reignited some nostalgia for me. And even though I realized it was awful while we were watching it, it was really fun watching it. And so I'm going to give it eight um, gunshots in the crow. <laughs> Got you. Uh, Ryan, what are you giving it for enjoyment, bud? Uh, kind of just piggybacking just a little bit off of everybody. Plus... Um, I mean, I loved this when I was a kid, uh, and then, as she said, watching in the backyard, not realizing how awful th- it, this movie was. But at the same time, we were so entertained doing the same thing with Ian and his old lady, just riffing on the entire thing, asking so many questions, just laughing about everything. It This movie really embodies the whole, so bad it's good. Okay. And so... It's, it's like I wanted to give it a low rating because it's like I, I really wanted this movie to be over, but I, I'm i going to have to shoot back just a little bit higher uh, for the fact that there are two more Crow movies that sucks worse than this fucking <laughs> Way worse. Way worse. <laughs> so I'll probably, um, I'll probably give this movie a six. Okay. Um, Shit, really running out of options here. Come on, buddy, you can do it. I would say, let's say, um, six Wig, plus nine, mentioning that there was a character named Spider Monkey Okay. that we you never could. covered. You could have gave it six times. The crow had to wash that dick after getting out of the water. Well, Sarah can touch it. <laughs> <laughs> or, six like, times he didn't have, or six times he didn't have to wash it because he kept touching it. <laughs> Just six times he he uh, <laughs> he told her no, we can't do this because that dick was dirty, dirty dick, <laughs> dirty dick ash. 
That's right. Um, I'm going to give it a five. I'm right in the middle with it. Like there's some, I could see some of the fun stuff The the I always do kind of like movies where the, the actors and stuff are, are really chewing the scenery like there. And almost everybody in here does literally everybody in here does except for probably Trini's character. She's kind of the most reserved, but, um, honestly that even makes her a little more, interesting if she had more to do because she's so different from everybody else around her because everybody else around her is like giving a performance you know if regardless of how good or bad it is you can get into that but it's they're doing something you know and so i'm gonna have to give it five you think i'm afraid of you you fucking freak you think i'm afraid you think i'm afraid there (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the whole I, I, I still like to think that Iggy Pop walked in, snorted green cocaine that was on the table, and they're like, you're hired. And he's just like, for what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably how it happened. Because <laughs> honestly, it's it's like even though he's in wardrobe, he's in costume and character, Iggy Pop oh, is not any different than how he normally dressed <laughs> in this movie. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, that kind of covers. Also, it. I, I like how he when he walks into the crime scene the, of uh, the guy and the the new girl's place, uh, his own song was playing mm. in yep. the background. Yep. Well, um, I'm gonna have to go ahead and shut us down. I think we've done it. We've done it, guys and gal. We have completed our task here, and. Um, I'd like to thank you, Dallas, for joining us today. Much appreciated. Thank you for having me. I'm glad we could bring you down a nostalgia highway, and uh, you got to enjoy this movie again on a big projector screen. It's awesome. And, um, yeah, appreciate it. And also, this is Movie So Bad, They're Good. You can also find the Facebook group, Where Mr. Ian? Mm-hmm. Where can they find the <laughs> Facebook group, you douche? Is he, is he watching The Crow again? No, he's masturbating furiously. Yeah, to the crow. Ah! Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, we, you know what we call that? We call that uh, Thomas Janey, okay? Yeah. <laughs> the Thomas uh, Janey. Yeah, that's a uh, movie so bad they're good. Midnight Cold Classics in camp. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's the same as it always was. We're at uh, 25,000 members left every we have some we have some uh big things coming can't say what it is but uh definitely some big news good uh hopefully be dropped uh pretty soon but yeah yeah just see with all the the covid stuff and everything going on so uh hope those things shake out i had to gladly cut them out of last episode (laughs) So, <laughs> depending on somebody listened to it when it first hit, they might know it. <laughs> but if you do, keep it to yourself, motherfucker. Um, but yeah, man, it's awesome. I'm glad. To, I hope that those things uh, happen. I think it. I think it'll definitely make for some interesting stuff uh, when it does. And um, cool. Um, you can find him there. You can find me at Who's Next Gaming. Dot com. Uh, who's next podcast we've got um i got a gaming episode coming out where we talked about the last of us uh part two and kind of got really deep into the story of it me and kev were actually having a dis- an argument nothing like crazy yeah. but we had an argument about the um 
the meaning of because actually in theme with the crow, uh, the, the Last of Us Part Two is a revenge story, but it's a very really? uh, deep, very a lot deeper of a revenge story, a lot deeper into the concept of revenge and the gray areas of that, you know, and because um, like one, you know, what's interesting with like, like the crow here, they easily paint everybody that the crow is after is like just super bad guy. Like you can just super bad guy, but I think in real life and in um and what in the Last of Us Two did in that game, the the people that you think are the bad guys, you get a chance to see them in their day to day life, and you know they're not really that bad, you know, like they're people, and um, I think sometimes we forget that a lot of times when we villainize people because it's easier to paint people in black and white. And, um, you know, you're bad, so you're over there, and I'm good, I'm over here with these people. And it can be very divisive. When when you look, when you step in somebody else's shoes, you kind of get a different picture. And the game did that, and we kind of really chopped that up on that episode. So that should be coming out. Uh, that actually should already be out by the time this episode drops. And then the next episode that's coming out with this one is the movies. We break down uh, Umbrella. Uh, Academy two season two, we watched that one. So Umbrella Academy season two, we yeah, kind of got I'm, into uh, that. I'm currently watching that as well. Yeah, so we get into the season two in a big way on that episode, as well as talk about nostalgia for that matter. We do we do get into some nostalgia stuff. That was one of the topics, but we kind of brisked that topic a little too quickly than what I liked because we went long on Umbrella Academy. So, um, but anyways, you can check those episodes out on Who's Next Podcast. Um, also, be on the lookout. Uh, should be coming out in a couple weeks. We did a Gamer Needs Food Badly. We made a crazy sandwich with squid tentacles in it. And um, we got that one coming out for Final Fantasy VII Remake. So, um, you can check that out as well. Plug, shameless plugs. Um, Ryan, do you want to plug anybody, any other podcasts, anything that you listen to? Um. I was going to let the viewers know that they can see me at both Who's Next Gaming Entertainment and Movie So Bad They're Good since I'm a part of both of them. It's true. And also my buddies <laughs> in the UK, um, Horror Cult Trash Other, who is now doing their new segments on slasher films. Nice. So I'm dying to check that out because that, you know that's my cup of tea. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'd actually like to bring up a podcast I just discovered yesterday mm. called Cult Film and Review. Uh, there's some guys that they uh, they're pretty much like us, you know. They take old cult films. Uh, some of them you may have heard of, some of them you may not have heard of, and they discuss them like we do here. Some of them may be considered so bad they're good. Others are just fucking masterpieces. But you know. Following. Are, are you seriously uh, promoting the competition? Uh, Crow's coming uh, for you. Um, no, no, I, I didn't say anything. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, never mind. I, I, yeah, I didn't. Uh, did I say call film and review? I meant um, go for yourself. No. Uh, yeah, no, no, they, they are are <laughs> that they. Are the competition, so yeah, fuck that. Yeah, no, we're not in competition with anybody. You should go ahead and give them the props that they deserve. So awesome. It's always good to plug somebody. And, and go ahead and not listen to Seth because they are the competition. Yeah, sure. You don't have to listen to me. I don't care. I'll plug everybody. It's fine. Yeah, whatever. But, um, all right, cool. Dallas, do you have anything you want to mention? Maybe something you'd like to share, plug something different? 
No, I'm good. Thank you. Oh, awesome. Thanks, Dallas. Appreciate it. Great job. Ah! All right, we're out of here. Ah! Cool.